0: Welcome to this week's episode of Invest in Her. I'm your host, Katherine Gray, the founder of She Angel Investors and co founder of the She Angels Foundation, where we uh, give grants to female founded nonprofits that are helping women. And as you know, every week I have on fabulous female founders and funders that are helping changing the world. And today I have on my friend from the United Kingdom, Fiona McKay. She just came out with this amazing report that you can get a copy of called Trailblazing Women in Investment. Please welcome to the show, Fiona hi how are you today I' Catherine I'm
1: fine I join you from the UK it's all a bit gray and wet today but bright my day to be able to be on uh, on your
0: podcast so thank you for having me well thanks for being here it's nice uh one nice thing about zoom is that we can reach uh, our friends across the water and all over the world and that's one of the things I do love about it because uh, I love being in person uh, you know when I can but oh. This is uh, wonderful that we can reach across the the sea and and reach our friends over in the UK today. Um, so um, I know everybody listening to invest in her is interested in what's going on in the investment world for women in particular. So I love that you took the time to put your expertise into aggregating all this information in your new report, the trailblazing women in investment, and anybody can get a free copy and we're going to tell them later in the show exactly how they can do that. But, you know, first, I always like people to get to know my guests, your background, how did you get from here to there? And so let's talk about before you started uh light bulb leadership solutions, um, which is helping companies and women to excel. Um, let's talk about uh, your humble beginnings. So uh, I know you, you left school when you were 16 and, and I say that because I'm so impressed. And there are so many people out there that left school early and are super successful like yourself. And so I think it always inspires other people who have the same story. So let's talk about that. You were 16 years old. How did you, how did you find your way in the world at that
1: age? It's a really good question. And and thanks for that, Catherine. I knew from being very young that the education system just wasn't for me. And in the UK, we were allowed to leave school back in the day at 16, as long as you got what we call the O-levels, they're now called GCSEs. Uh, and that you didn't have to stay on for a high school diploma, which is our equivalent of what we call A-levels. So I left with some really good results, um, better than anticipated. And I was in all the top streams at school. I just couldn't stand it. I couldn't wait to get out the door and just unleash my creativity on the world it was just all far too just just wasn't me academic world was just not for me so I left at 16 I always knew that I wanted to get a job I wanted to get out with people and just learn I was a sponge at that age I just wanted to learn everything and anything and funny how the universe works my very first job was working for an amazing woman Dorothy, and she was the director of assistant director of social services in our local area, in South Manchester, where I live. And she took a real punt. She, she needed an executive assistant and said, actually, I, I'm going to take somebody perhaps who isn't in the norm. And I saw this role it's a full-time role, wasn't a, a traineeship. And I applied for it with all my great skills, set them all out. And she said, you know what? Come on in for an interview. And we got on brilliantly and she backed me. I got backed early by a great woman. And that was a fantastic catalyst for me. And I, you know,
0: I, I, love, I, I love that you're saying, telling this story because every woman out there should remember to get behind another young woman. Like oh, how, sure. how that woman impacted your life, I, I can't imagine. Oh, for sure, for sure. And,
1: you know, you don't even realize the, the impact that that has, the cascade that it brings. So for every woman, wherever we are, whatever we do, back another woman and back her early because there's the power that comes from that is just it's 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 magical and it does ch- it literally changes the world so from there i left and i went to join the civil service and i became a uh, high court judges clerk so i was one of the young well in fact i was the youngest in the uk at 19 and again I let me
0: translate a, that for us here in the u.s a judge's clerk. assistant clerk yeah. a judge's clerk, clerk. Okay wow what a cool job. Yeah really cool job and
1: uh, again I worked for a a great an amazing judge who again really backed me and and really saw just a spark of something and that was amazing and I loved it had great great opportunities there but I really wanted to test myself in the commercial world and then I joined a barrister's chambers and that's Barristers are the higher advocates in law here in the UK. They're the ones in the gowns and the judges, the the, the gowns and and the wigs, and they make their representations to the judges, the solicitors here. They do have rights of audience, but not the same as the barristers. And I became their chambers director, first woman they'd ever had in role, first woman they'd ever had in post. Uh, So I've had quite a lot of firsts in my career, which has been quite
0: cool. I love that.
1: Breaking this glass ceiling. Yeah, it was good. And then I I went into management consulting. Uh, I did incredibly well there. And then 14 years ago, um, I saw this opportunity in the market to start a consultancy and I took it. Uh, And that was the start of Lightbulb Leadership Solutions. So from 16 to where I am now at 49 years of age, soon to be 50, a big birthday for me coming up. It's been, you know, the university of life, although... Here's here's a a really interesting uh, little fact about me, quickly, even though I hated the education system, when I started the business, I started it in a graduate incubator at Manchester Metropolitan University, even though I wasn't a graduate, again, I convinced them to take me because I had this great idea and I should get backed. And in I went. And then I was asked by the business professors to be their entrepreneur in residence and teach on their MBA. So I went full circle, Catherine, and ended up becoming a teacher, even though I hated school myself.
0: So it's, um, yeah, been quite a journey. It sounds like it, you know, and, um, and I know you had shared with me that you went through a divorce and, you know, you left this company that you were just rocking and rolling, but you wanted to start your own business. And that's always a scary and challenging thing, but you got newly remarried, you started a new business and changed your life up uh, as a female entrepreneur, and now you're helping other female entrepreneurs to get funding. And that's what I love about this conversation. You know how that jazzes me.
1: Sure. Um,
0: so uh, uh, light bulb leadership solutions, uh Uh, helps companies uh, breed female leadership in companies. But then about four years ago, you got into this private equity space, right? Um, And so now I love that you help women, you know, prepare to pitch, help them, get funding, then once they have the funding and launch their businesses, you help them know what to do with that funding. Because so many people out there have these great ideas, but they don't know how to go pitch for it. And even when they do get the funding, they don't know what to do with the funds properly. Uh, It's a big responsibility, right? So talk to me about this that you're doing for these uh, startup companies. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's such an important part.
1: And and I saw this working on the other side of the tracks, working with hyper-growth companies, um, some of the things that they were doing, how can we get that through down into the female founder market so they can scale their businesses quicker? And and I help and my team, female founders, to really understand how they can scale their businesses. Not get screwed on valuation and really know their own worth. Make sure that they are pitching to the right investors who share their same values and share their same impact and a mission-driven ideals. Because that's really important. I mean, once you get in bed with with a great investor, it's amazing. But these are the people you can't fire. So you've got to get it right. And you've got to get it right first time. Getting women you to read be them. careful with that analogy.
0: <laughs> 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 I've 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 heard so many uh, women pitching to men get uh, propositioned. I had to put that joke in there, but uh, but you know I love what you're saying because uh, it really is true. A lot of people have great fabulous ideas, but they know where to begin. And you help people all around the world, uh, not just oh. in the UK, but the US and other countries, right? Uh, So Um, that's important to note that no matter where somebody is listening to our podcast, and I've heard we have a lot of podcast listeners also in Spain uh, and around the world. So, you know, they can reach out to Lightbulb um, Leadership Solutions uh, to help them prepare for a pitch no matter where it is in the world. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. From from
1: the Middle East, right through across Europe and, and in Asia. We're, we're, a, we're a global company. So absolutely more than happy to always talk to, to female founders and, and help them get their get get their, their ducks in a row and, and pitch in the very best way. And also prepare for what will be then the challenge of change. Because once you get the money, once you get the cap, mm-hmm. change comes almost immediately and preparing yourself for that change is really really important so if you win the cap and you win you know let's let's say for example two hundred and fifty thousand, right up to the millions of growth capital that you need in order to scale your business once the capital hits the bank account at 9 a.m in the morning change starts at
0: one minute past nine when people come to you, do they normally have some deck that is insufficient and you help them with it? And what is the biggest mistake that they make? Well, the deck is, is, is
1: part of it, but you've got to know your story. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Catherine, people buy people. Yes, they've got to see the numbers, they've got to see that the commercials are there, and the forecast is looking favourable. But fundamentally, people buy people. So they want to hear your story. Tell me your story. How can I engage with you? How can I get the best of you? And how can I bring it out of you? That's what investors want to see so they can deploy their best skills to marry and match with your best skills as well and and help find the gap. And if you can do that quicker, you've got a better chance of getting not only the capital, but a brilliant valuation, because there's a big difference between revenue and
0: valuations.
1: And understanding that at the get-go is really important.
0: Right, and I think the average, Person, uh, they they could have a great business idea, but they don't understand valuations. In fact, I'm sure some people are listening saying, "What are valuations?" You know, um, but that is what you're valuing your company at, and what you're asking them to invest, and what percentage that you're uh, giving them to invest in your company. So you don't want to give away too much. Um, but right. you want to give away enough that they're interested in becoming a part of it. Maybe they bring something else to the table to help you grow it, right? Absolutely. A lot, that, a
1: lot of that can be contacts, you know, yeah. um, opportunities, particularly around marketing or intellectual property, tech, you know, it, whatever it may be. So in, you know, to your point, how do you prepare people? Get it clear where your gaps are what you need the capital for and tell your story you can have the best business in the world it can be brilliant on paper but if people can't connect with you and your story how will your consumers connect with you either so you've got to think about the much wider picture and my role is to help women to really unleash themselves and, and get back from from stopping Putting limiting self beliefs on themselves sometimes. And it's like, oh, well, nobody will be interested in that. Well, you know what? Yeah, they will. Come on, let's get it out. You know, it's part of your story. This is amazing. And sometimes it just needs an external eye to really, you know, get that, pardon the pun, light bulb moment.
0: Yeah, I've often talked to investors that have said they have yeah. to feel a connection to the yeah. founder. They have to feel like I could believe in this person. So it's important to, Uh, have somebody coaching them like you, I believe, that uh, says, you know, let's, you know, let's um, cultivate your story into something that really uh, people can identify with. And I think you would agree with me that um, one of the reasons that uh, women are so underfunded, and we both always are, you know, preaching that, you know, we get less than 2% of capital Um, venture venture capital funding and how disappointing that is, but how are we going to change it? That's what you and I are on a mission to help change that. Um, And so one of the ways I think is have any entities like yours that do help coach women as to what investors are looking for. But the other end of that is who are you pitching to? And so We both know there has to be more female investors because people tend to identify with and invest in people that they relate to. And so that's why mostly it's white men that get the funding because it's mostly white men that are doing the funding. And so there have to be more female decision makers, more female angel investors. And that's our mission is to also help women understand how they can play their part in changing this, not just as someone looking for money, but as also as an angel investor. So you have discovered some really interesting things in your report that people can get at. uh, You want to tell them where they can get it? Sure. So
1: it's www.lightbulbleaders.com forward slash women, And from there, you'll be able to find out much more about the report, its findings, and and download your own complimentary copy. So head on over and check it out.
0: Well, uh, so uh, Lightbulb Leadership uh, did Trailblazing Women in Investment, and that's the report that you can get for free. I actually downloaded it. I have a copy of it here myself. And it has invaluable information, a lot of statistics, a lot of interesting things that we should uh, educate ourselves about. But one of the things I love most about it is that you highlight 10 women that are real trailblazers in the investment world, because we all want to know them. And I thought we could talk about uh, a couple of them today, um, just to give them an idea of Who's in the report? I know Daria is one of them here in Los Angeles with yeah. the founders. Um, let's talk a, a little bit about who's in this report that you've highlighted.
1: Sure. So we went out to our
0: networks, both
1: sides of the Atlantic, and said, who can we celebrate? Who would you recommend as the trailblazing women who are made not just not just great talent, but are absolutely changing investment for for, for future female talent coming into the investment industry and also for female founders and um, we had 10 brilliant women brought to, to our attention and we just we had one-to-ones with them we spent a lot of time looking at their their ethos, their own impact. And we were just so excited to be able to share their talents with the world. And and in the US, there's an amazing lady, and if you haven't checked her out, you should. It's Edith Dawson. She is the founder and managing director of Women's Venture Fund 2. And um, she's a, a brilliant and that's you said women's venture
0: fund two?
1: two. yeah, two. Uh, two as in number two. Yes. Um, So, yeah, she's you need to check her out. She's absolutely amazing. She has she's she was one of the very first um, female investors to really bring to the market and get good traction. That there was a, a real link between diversity and using diversity as a competitive advantage in investment strategies. And she has invested in Series A companies across the U.S., that has a serious amount of senior female leadership in those businesses. She also invests in, in, in businesses that have men in them as well. Um, but very much that's part of their investment strategy. So check out Edith Dawson at Women's Venture Fund 2. We said about Daya, she's uh, she's just awesome. Um, yeah. She set up the uh, Women Founders Network and the work that she's done through that has huge lasting impact and legacy and again there are links to the ladies in the report so you can check them out but also another us um talented lady who I'm really pleased to say has become a friend of mine is eve ellis and she is a wealth she's a wealth advisor and she's the founder of the gender parity strategy within her company again from a uh, financial wealth point of view she's got a strategy in place to help individual women and organisations invest in companies and funds that have a, a real strong gender lens. So that's a, a very interesting uh, aspect of it. And then over in the UK, we've got some really young talent female investors coming through vika manos she's an anthemist group she invests in financial wellness and you know she she's really clear and passionate about investing in mission-led founders which comes back to what we were talking about before about getting your story and your purpose right We've got Alex Daly. She sits on um, some of the government committees. She is the CEO of a cap raising organization. So she raises capital for the private equity funds. And as I say, she sits on some of our government task force to try and get more capital from the private markets flowing to female founders. So getting our economists and our politicians engaged in the changes that are needed. So yeah, check out these 10 get, women, they're it awesome.
0: It's going to take private sector and uh government sector to uh help this initiative. I love that you said that they're young, you know. You, this is um This topic is for anybody of any age and any ethnicity. I mean, this is a mission for us to help all women to rise. You know, women of every ethnicity and every age, you're never too old, you're never too young to get involved in escalating the investments of women. And whether it's going, like you said, working for an existing venture capital firm, starting your own like other people have done, like uh, Arlen Hamilton started Backstage Capital to help women of color and uh, uh, LGBT community. Um, You know, there's so many good things happening out there we're still at less than 2% and COVID had um, uh, venture capital funding and, and COVID has hurt that a bit as well, which is uh, disheartening. But um, you know, we need to get at 50% of the funding goes to women. We're 50% of the population. We're 50% of the business owners. We need to really boost this over the next five to 10 years. And the way we're gonna do that is by shows, platforms like this, educating people by getting your report out there about trailblazing women in investment uh, so that women know who they can connect with. I think it's just a matter of having a platform of giving information out there as to how, how you can fund your company uh, idea and what is the proper way to pitch it and how do you handle it once you get the funding as you mentioned and so women have been at a disadvantage there haven't been as you know people help their cronies and so if yeah, your cronies or mm-hmm. guys you're helping your guy friends know how to pitch and know how to utilize the funding but women haven't had that they haven't had that you know you know, old girls' club, you know, I call it bold girls' club. Who wants to be gotcha. an old girls' club? But like the old boys' network, it's like the bold girls' network. You know, we have to um, come together and help each other learn, like you said, about valuations and what investors are looking for and how to pitch them and what to do with the funds once you get it and how to do the valuations. You know, this is something that hasn't really come into our world. In fact, when I was younger, you know, the only thing they told women back in the fifties and sixties was um, by the way, I wasn't around the fifties, but (laughs) fifties and sixties, you know, women, you know, you can be a nurse, you could be a secretary, you know, young women today can't even, can't even wrap their head around that I'm sure, but it has changed so much in the last several decades that there are more women entrepreneurs and they are actually, exceeding the success rates of their male counterparts. So why not invest in women? And as you and I know, the research shows larger corporations that have women at the top tend to be more profitable. So let's bring more women into the fold. And I think it begins with giving them the the tools that they need to get the funding. And that's what I love about what you're doing, Fiona. Light bulb leadership solutions is such a great resource to know that there is someone out there. There are entities out there that can help them with how to pitch and how to get the funding and what to do with the money. Um, What is some advice that you would like to offer as we close up our conversation um, to someone who has a great idea, but they don't even know where to begin to get the funding? What's the first step? The first step is
1: to to build your network. Start looking at, start doing your research about the kind of companies that you really admire. Where did they get their funding? Find out where, what is really attractive to you. Where would you go? If you want to get involved with female female funders who, um, you know, deploy capital to female founders, join their networks. There are, there are, Millions of networks, particularly online, LinkedIn, linking with me, linking with my network, start to leverage your network and ask the question, reach out, ask other female entrepreneurs, how did you do it, start to engage in the conversations, that's number one. Number two, what I'd say to every single woman whether they're looking for investment or not, is back another woman. So if you are doing well and you've got some capital to one side, where you would probably historically put, say, a million in bonds and you might think about deploying 100K into a startup company, why not give the million to the women and put the other 100K in bonds? You'll get a better return and you'll really start to engage in change. And that is how we are going to move and shift the dial is to come away from some of the structural and societal norms, which we've been fed for many years, break away from them and start to shape equitable societies where women are not financially disadvantaged. They're not decimated financially because there's a pandemic and they only get 2% of capital. We need equitable societies. And the only way we can do that is to fund women through women. And we do it as of today.
0: I love that. That's a great wrap. I love it. Great advice. Fiona, thank you so much for being oh, on. They can follow you on social media at uh, Lightbulb solutions. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at
1: follow Fiona. So that's follow Fiona. Oh, I love
0: that. Follow Fiona.
1: Okay. Uh, If you want to follow the company at Lightbulb, again, at Twitter, we're at Lightbulb LS on LinkedIn. Come and connect with me. That's a place where I hang out a lot. And it's a place where investors hang out a lot. So make sure uh, you get into some of my networks. And equally, check us out
0: at lightbulbleaders.com. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on. And uh, of course, remember to follow us at She Angel Investors on all of the social media. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in today. Make it a great week. Remember to invest in her. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Catherine. Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasik.